Hey, this is your wrestling podcast fix. Follow us on Facebook at the Inzagiri Pro Wrestling Discussions, on Twitter at the Inzagiri, and catch new episodes of the Inzagiri on SoundCloud.com. Yo, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? Not hey much. Guys, how's it going? This is Fran. GCL. This, this is DB Richards. For another episode of the Insecure. And tonight, we have our special guest. Bryce Rensberg from AEW. Yes, Bryce Rensberg. Actually, he's on the phone with us right now. What's going on, man? Present, accounted for. Here, raising my hand. Check me in as uh, in my attendance. I'm in. Happy to be here. Happy to talk to you. be talking to you gentlemen about the wonderful sport of professional wrestling this fine and wonderful night. Yeah, it was really interesting. Dave was, uh, he, he had an interview scheduled tonight, and then he calls me up because we, because we were going to, and he said, hey, I got I got Bryce like set up for an interview, and I was like, all right, I guess I'm, uh, I, I, I guess uh, you're, <laughs> I, yeah. I guess he'll be stopping over and um, we. Please, please apologize to your laundry for me or whatever you're going to do. <laughs> no, I didn't have anything in mind. I I had sleep on my mind, but that that could hold off for a few minutes. So yeah, I've I've been told uh, you can sleep when you're dead, which I'm not sure is entirely true. But uh, I'm 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 glad you're able to make time for us. And uh, yeah, happy to be talking to you, gentlemen. I, I was looking up. Um, you you trained with Mike Quackenbush and Reckless Youth. That's true. I trained at the the, the Chikara Wrestle Factory. Uh, when I agreed to train at Chikara, it was before Chikara even existed. There was only a school. There was no promotion. Uh, so I was a big fan of their independent careers of Mike and Recklesses. And when they opened a training facility just an hour or so from where I was a freshman at Temple University in Philadelphia, it seemed serendipity. It seemed like it was meant to be. There I went, and here I am. And I am, uh, yeah, I'm a proud product of the first year, the Generation 1 of the Wrestle Factory. And, uh, yeah, I will, I will, I take the rest of the factory with me everywhere I go. Who else was in the class that you were in? Uh, the, 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 the guys that are considered genuine originals are, uh, Hollow Wicked, Icarus, Ultramantis, Black, uh, Gran Akuma, Eddie Kingston, and Jigsaw are kind of the, uh, the crew that are Gen 1 originals. And many of us are still at it, and many of us have done quite well for ourselves. Nice, yeah, Definitely. So, um, I'm a big fan of Quackenbush and his, um, style of, um, wrestling. Um, has he given you any advice in the ring or anything like that that you can share with us? I mean, it, it, we, we kind of each wear different hats. His is the, kind of a producer hat, mine is the uh, referee hat, and, but we both kind of get into, well, while he won't, you know, I might not know any wrist lock counters, I know a lot about how to, like, you know, present students in the best way possible and make Chikara work and stuff so uh yeah no we've 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 worn different hats but we've helped each other out i think him he's helped me out in every step i've done and everywhere i go i will full, fully and completely attribute uh any successes and so much that i've learned to him the wrestle factory and Chikara as a whole I'm, I'm so so fortunate to go there i tell anyone who will listen to go there you will learn ways and things about pro wrestling you didn't even imagine were possible and uh yeah, I'm, I'm a, a proud graduate of WrestleTech. So, out of the interviews that we've done, and just being fans in general, I mean, we, we all know about how meticulous Quackenbush can be in the ring and how he books and everything, but has there ever been a time where you've given him a piece of advice that he's actually been like, you know what, I didn't even think of that before? 
if it's so much advice, but sometimes there are, you know, he'll be having an issue or maybe not a problem, but just something's on his brain. We just kind of talk through it, and maybe I present a different way to look at a situation or a different way to handle a situation, and uh, one way or another it gets done, I, I suppose. So, uh, yeah, I, I maybe not maybe not a specific thing jumps out of my brain, but we, we've definitely talked through many and many and many and many and many uh, predicaments, some professional, some personal, whatever it is, uh, many, many, many hours on the phone and in person and over coffee that we've spent together. I was I was looking at a video earlier. Who whose idea was the the shoot the finger gun and you die and you come back alive? Whose storyline was that? That was kind of uh, there was a, there was a character by the name of Smooth Sailing Ashley Remington that was so cool he would punctuate his thoughts by shooting a finger gun. And one night in Richmond, Virginia, about five or so years ago, an errant finger gun blast went awry and caught me right in the solar plexus, as Gorilla Monsoon likes to say. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I befell an unfortunate fate that night. Luckily, I was able to drive home unscathed. <laughs> oh, that cracks me up. I seen you had um, two matches with Larry Sweeney for the ICW-ICWA TV title. Yeah, it's the only championship I've ever held. Yeah. What any good advice about Larry Sweeney? We know he. Or any good memories about memories him. Memories about him. Oh, just uh, countless good memories. Staying at his parents' house in suburban Chicago, going to Cubs games with him, road trips with him. Just a, a really interesting, fascinating fellow that had a uh, outlook on life and professional wrestling unlike anyone else. A lot of there are very few college-educated independent professional wrestlers, which is unfortunate but true. A lot of guys college isn't for them, or they drop out, or whatever. Sweeney was a, a college-educated, well-spoken, uh, really, really interesting fellow, and he left, you know, such an amazing impact on all of us. Luckily, we have, you know, uh, lucky for us, YouTube was coming along right kind of in his heyday, 2006, 7, 8, so, so many of his greatest moments and wonderful stuff he's done is on YouTube for the world to see forever and ever and ever, which is great. Uh, um, lucky he has that legacy left behind. And uh, he left such an impact on me. I, my son is named Alex in honor of Larry Sweeney. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Hey, I like we were, we were trying to think of like questions to ask earlier, and I so one of them was uh, over over the years with uh, King of Trios. There's always been a couple of surprise names here and there. Has there ever been one that's like stuck out to you in your mind where you're like, wow, like I didn't think that he would ever uh, work the, the show. Year, the year that Sean Waltman put on the one, two, three kid gear for us. That was awesome. In South Philadelphia is my favorite. I was about as big of a one, two, three kid fan as you're ever going to find as a 10 year old. And him coming out to a, you know, variation of that music and a variation of that gear and a Chikara ring in the East W ring in South Philadelphia is uh, not a memory that I will soon forget. It was amazing. I think the one thing that you mentioned though, he was like, yeah, that's probably going to be the last time I ever shave. So. Oh yeah, no, he did. He shaved for it. He felt, he felt naked. He said, but uh, yeah, his match he tore it up with uh, El Generico, and uh, the finals of the Rate of All Doors that year. I, I hope things turned out for uh, Young Generico. <laughs> uh, we met before back in '95 at King of the Ring. That's right. I was 12 years old. Yeah. In South Philadelphia. My friend. My friend. Um. Vega versus Fable fan. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I was so confused why they were throwing garbage and when I was a 12 year old. I was like, why are they throwing trash at the ring? <laughs> now I go back and watch it's like, oh, that was, a, that was a garbage main event. Yeah, my friend Paul would never forget your name. When, you became, a, when you became a referee, he remembered who you were. And, 
it was good. Did he email me recently or did you email me recently? What's that? Did you email me recently or was that your friend Paul that emailed me? It could have been Paul or yeah, Sosha. He, he shot me an email and said he remembered me from King of the Ring 95 and now he sees me on TV every week and it's kind of a crazy small world. Yeah. We're all, we're all just wrestling fans, I guess. Yeah. And I'm friends with Brian Sosha too. You know him very well. Oh, yeah, I know Brian Sosha. Old, uh, what, uh, Mark Sterling, or no. Yeah, Mark right? Smart. Mark Smart, of course. Yeah, <laughs> Mark Smart, of the well-hung warriors of Delaware. Oh, yeah, Greg Spitz. Yeah, I, that's right. I, I just college with Brian Sosha. Brian Sosha covered for me once because I was um, at an IW Mid-South trip in, uh, in suburban Chicago, and there was an awful snowstorm. I couldn't get back to Philadelphia in time to take a final exam because I was refereeing for Terry Funk. I'm refereeing for Terry Funk, and I get back to uh, um, Philadelphia. I've missed my final exam, and Brian Sosha, I don't know what he did. He covered for me. He made up some crazy story, and I was able to take my final later. So, God oh, that's awesome. Brian Sosha. Yeah, I, you both were Temple um, Namba eyes right there. Yeah, he's a good man. Yes, he is. I'll be seeing him um, in a couple weeks. Oh, tell him I said hello, please. I will. Um, when you um, when you got into AEW, what was how how did that come by? Did somebody like come to you well, or? It's a it's a great story of uh you know treating everyone you encounter with respect and kindness because back when the young bucks started coming to Chikara in about two thousand nine or ten they were you know not a lot of promotions were flying them places they were kind of new on the scene no one had really taken a gamble on them to fly them across the country and Chikara did and when they flew to uh you know Philadelphia for King of Trios or wherever it was I was the one that picked them up I was the one that sorted their hotel rooms I was the one that made sure they were looked after. Uh, and then I would referee their matches, and then I'd get them back to their hotel rooms. And I guess they didn't forget that, because when they were executive vice presidents, they were starting a new company, they remembered me, and they hired me. And uh, here I am. I see them every Wednesday now. How thrilling is it for you personally, as far as, like, where AEW has a company, and where, like, everybody that you've worked with in the past, like, where they are in, w- in uh, WWE? Like, I was talking to a friend of mine who has actually went to a lot of Chikara shows, and the thing that he mentioned, he was like, yeah, so how was it working for, like, you know, during King of Trios and seeing guys like, you know, AJ Styles and just seeing where he's at at this point in time? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a point of pride. There's definitely, like, a big, the, kind of the generation of indie guys that I kind of came up with, you know, Samoa Joe and CM Punk and AJ Styles and Brian Danielson and, oh, Christopher Daniels and on and on and on and on and on. Kind of these guys that I, you know, was excited to share rings with back in the day. I used to be on a regular basis and became friendly with them. Are now all doing really great. Uh, you know, and Matt Seidel's Delirious and Jimmy Jacobs and Alex Shelley. One way or another, these guys are still in the game. They're still doing it, and they've made a lot of money doing it. And uh, it's 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 really it's a point of pride. It's um I'm excited to be in that class. I'm excited to kind of you know. It took me 17 and a half years, but pro wrestling is my full time job now, which is kind of crazy. Actually, that, that, that rolls right into the next question. So, I remember when you posted on social media, like, when you got signed with AEW, how, it was, I mean, it was it was huge for you, obviously, but, like, yeah, life do, do you ever, do you see that as, like, the big break for you, or do you kind of see it as, like, a new opportunity, and let's see how much further we can take this? A little bit of both. The, the, having, you know, having a realistic uh, path and something I believe in, and that I trust in and that I'm excited about, be a reason I was able to quit my day job was really exciting. Like, I had pretty much accepted that 
pro wrestling would never fully pay my bills. It would be a nice little fun side gig. It would help supplement my bills, but it would never fully pay my bills. So, I mean, I didn't have a lot of interest in moving to Orlando, and nothing like this existed a year ago at this time. So, uh, yeah. AEW changed my life. Even if, even if God forbid, it closes tomorrow, it changed my life. Uh, I've, I've gotten to go places to do things and, you know, be in situations and referee in front of 14,000 people in Washington, D.C. and Las Vegas. And just every week being part of making a live pro wrestling television show is just such an indescribable adrenaline rush. Like, it's amazing. Uh, it, it changed my life. So I guess some of it's a big break and some of it's what I can do with it. If I can, uh, you know, use this to bring more eyes to Chikara or use this to help out a young referee or, you know, use this for new opportunities to get to go do something else cool with my life, whatever that may be, I'm excited for what the future holds. And uh, again, like I said, even if this dream, I wake up and this dream ends tomorrow, I'm, I'm just glad I got to have the dream. How was it, how did it feel when you, um, for um, one of the AEW shows being in Temple Gym? Oh, yeah, it's, it's uh, indescribable. It's where I go, it's the building I graduated college at. It's, uh, I used to go see concerts there. Uh, when I was a sophomore in college, you know, like it's it's crazy. It's uh, it's it's again, it's it's indescribable dream come true to have Mike, my trainer, there that night in Philadelphia. That was a very, 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 very special night uh, to be a share a ring with uh, Kenny Omega, Pack, Hangman Page, John Moxley, all in one tag team match in Philadelphia. You know, from you know going to King of the Ring '95 uh, there. In, South Philly to go to the, I was at the first Ring of Honor show at the Murphy Rec Center in 02. I've referred to the ECW Arena probably a hundred times, and then there I was in the middle of the ring, you know, 10,000 people, the Leah Chorus Center, Temple University, Philadelphia, a real, a real, a real cool full circle story. Yeah, we were there um, cheering you on. Awesome. <laughs> I hope you guys had a good time. Hope we get to do it again soon. Um, I have a question. Oh, oh. Yeah, um, <clears throat> When you first got like backstage and like the like in AEW and all that, was there like any moments where you were just like legitimately like starstruck or anything like that? Uh, not not starstruck, but like you know, it's definitely a different environment. It's a little bit nervous, and you see, you know, Chris Jericho walks by, and then you realize, well, Chris Jericho's my coworker. I'm gonna need to work with him every week. So any of this, any of these nerves, this weirdness, I better check at the door and get rid of it pretty soon because this is my coworker. And the second week of Dynamite. Okay. I was refereeing for Chris Jericho in Boston in the main event. So, I, you know, right into the fire is where I went. So, I, you know, yes, sure, there's like, wow, this is different. This is, we're not in Kansas anymore, but you got to you gotta check that quick because you got a job to do, and you got to do it to the best of your ability at a high level on national TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of uh, speaking of coworkers, um, how was it with, uh, was it uh, Paul Turner, Aubrey Edwards, like Earl Hebner, like the, the, the other officials, like, how do you guys help each other out as far as, do you ever give advice or like things that you might oh, have not yeah, looked no, at? Oh, yeah, no, we're very close. We have, we have a group text chain going. Uh, we don't see Earl Hebner all the time. He's only been with us twice. He kind of dips in and out. But yeah. Yeah, the core squad of Rick Knox, Paul Turner, uh, Aubrey Edwards and I, it's strange. We're all like, you know, Paul's been doing this 20 years. Knox has been at this 20 years. I've been at this 17 years. Aubrey's been at a little bit younger, but she's very, very, very good. She's got a performative ballerina dance background. She's taken to it very quickly. I met her before AEW even started. Uh, you know, I, I had known Turner in passing. Paul and I actually lived 10 minutes from each other in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is just a weird thing. But uh, <laughs> Aubrey's in Seattle. Knox is in Southern California. We all kind of look out for each other. We all try to stay in communication. If something's working, if something's not working, if something looks a little strange, 
you know, uh, no, we're a crew, and we have. Uh, I'm I'm really proud of the fact that there's been ten weeks of dynamite. We've all refed at least two main events. We we take turns, you know. There's there's not that like I'm gonna do the main event every week. Like we shared the wealth. We're a team. We win as a team. We lose as a team. We're all trying to work with different people and get that experience going. And just like it's it's been it's been great. I I love and respect and uh, enjoy watching all the other three of them work. And uh, it's just a really exciting team to be a part of. Yeah, Paul, uh, I think Paul Turner is like the one that I remember the because he was refereeing like way back in ECWA like years Paul ago. Turner, so Paul Turner was he, refereeing the first Chikara show I ever went when I the first Chikara show ever. I was the ring announcer because I wasn't able to be the referee yet. I had not I was not finished training, and he was the re, he was the referee on that show. I used to go to indie shows in like 1998, 99 as a teenager. Paul Turner was the referee, so yeah. We go way, 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 way back. So, we, yeah. we were probably in the crowd together then because that's when he was refereeing yeah. like, the shows I was at. So. Now, MCW in Baltimore and ECWA in Newcastle, Delaware. And yeah. PCW in Reading and Steelton and Lebanon, PA. I, used to, I was all over those. As soon as I could drive, I was all, I was all, I was all over those. Yeah. No, it's crazy seeing Paul in that. Paul's you know, worked his butt off in Ring of Honor for years and years and years. And he's, uh, he deserves where he's at. That's awesome. Um, I like to call this the dinner table. Um, five people you can put at your dinner table that inspired you, helped you. Who would they be? Oh, man. Andy Kaufman, Randy Savage, Bobby Heenan, and Mike Quackenbush. I think that'd be a pretty fun dinner. That would be fun, dinner. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you have any um, pranks or ribs that ever got pulled on you? Not on me so much. Maybe I didn't know it. Uh, I don't know. I I try to keep my nose clean. I figure if I don't want to be ribbed, I shouldn't rib anyone else. So I try to stay above that because that's a slippery slope, man. You start falling down that well, it's a, it's a hard one to get out of. So I, I try to I try to stay on everybody's uh, up and up good side uh, as far as I know, as far as I can tell. Okay. I have um I have, I have one more question to ask. So this is uh, I'm trying to figure out a way of putting this. So there was. There was something not too long ago on on an episode of um, Dynamite where there was like a there was a spot that looked like it should have been a three count and it led to a topic of conversation on social media and one and I guess the question was was that how do you feel about when companies have referees work matches as shoots as opposed to like this is strictly how things have to go? Well, I mean, it's supposed to look like a shoot, so it should theoretically look like a shoot, but uh, unfortunately stuff happens and we're all human and, uh, you know, the communication hill, the communication ball didn't roll down the hill fast enough, I suppose, and uh, there we were, but, uh, you know, there were, it was uh, it was unfortunate miscommunication and uh, it made us all look bad, unfortunately, and we're going to work hard to make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah, you guys are keep on moving, um, fixing the product and I'm watching it and I'm enjoying it every week, and well, I mean, mo- I mean, most of the people that actually like took the defensive side on it, as opposed to just like trashing it, they were like, "Look, I mean, it happens. It happens like in any company. You know, it's just it was just unfortunate." So yeah, and it sucks. It sucks. It, should, it shouldn't happen. It's unfortunate that it happened. We're gonna try to make sure it doesn't happen again. It's all you can do. Yep. You can have there's not there. You know, there, you could have a philosophical discussion about all you want, but it happened. It can't. It can't. It. it you can't unsee it. You can't undo it. You just gotta make sure it doesn't happen again. What actually? Um, so, what what are the big differences as far as like? Is there anything like as far as doing a non televised show to a televised show besides like you know making sure that the camera angles are right whenever you're doing like certain things? Yeah, the uh, the, the 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 presence of, of of 
time being far more strictly enforced. I mean, if you're doing a random indie show, you might have a time on a match, but it's very kind of free, free and fro, free and flowing how it goes. Uh, when you're doing a time match on TV, it has to be down to the 10 seconds. So uh, the, the influence of time, the introduction of commercial breaks is something I'd never worked with before. Uh, that's a kind of a new element of complication and uh, just a lot of communication from the back to the front of house and uh, being able to flow and work, roll with the punches. You could have a 16-minute match prepared and get out there in front of you, you only have eight, and then you got to truncate that and collapse that to an eight-minute match. And that is what it is, and that's how that's how work goes. And that you just got to make, hope you have the professionals out there to make it so. That's good. So, I mean, it's, it's still it's still more or less a learning experience in, in a lot oh, of ways. Yeah. I mean, we've only, at best, we've only been doing this for 10 weeks. So this, this stuff, you know, well, is, is, is being, the kinks are being worked out basically every week on live TV. There's there's not a performance center. There aren't dress rehearsals. It's just kind of we're yeah. all out there doing the best that we can and, and hope that we were put in this position for a reason. And that's that. Well, well that's well, that's kind of the, that's kind of the same. I'm sorry. That's kind of the same thing about whenever uh, people mention, like, the, the amount of time to Jericho gets on a mic. And I mean, he's. He's essentially the maestro for a lot of the other guys, like trying to work with them. That's why he's been working with so many people. Yeah, he's been doing this for thirty years. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing how many years he's been in, out there. I I was a Jericho fan since the first day I saw him in um ECW. I think right. I think when when he when he when he started re- uh, when when Darby Allen was born, he'd already been wrestling for six years. When Jungle Boy <laughs> was born, Chris Jericho had already been wrestling for eight years. Oh my god! So, uh, whatever those numbers are, something like that. It's you know, Jim, he's, Jim he's Ross. The he's the guy. He's the OG. He's, he's been doing this longer than some of us have been alive. Yeah. Jim Ross had a very good line, like when he was talking about during uh, Jericho's match with Hangman Page, where he was like, "Hangman or Jericho's career has he's he's gone longer than Hangman's been alive." So yeah. Oh, he's he's the OG. Like if he wants to talk like fifteen minutes, he's the one best equipped to do it. Definitely. Like I'm, I'm since AW started, we're getting more wrestling out there, like MLW, NWA, and WWE is stepping up a little bit more, and right. Impact is doing great. And what do you think of the whole like NWA power? How they started off with the, no music and they just do promos all the way to the ring. How like super old school it is. No, it's, it's, it's different. Different's good. It's it's charming. I, uh, I've long time been friends and a fan of Dave Lagana and what uh, he has a vision. He puts his mind to something. He's going to make it so. Uh, it's, it, it, it feels legitimately different and it's tough in a world with so much wrestling. So much wrestling and so much easily accessible. There are thousands upon thousands of hours of wrestling available in our pocket at yeah. any moment, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And then There's something that's different and feels different and feels like a fresh coat of paint, even if the paint is kind of a dull gray, to do something different is very, very impressive and it should be commended. And I quite enjoyed it. I, 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 enjoy, I enjoy it more without Jim Cornette. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm seeing like other companies out there, independent places, they're putting their product out on TV. And I just think AEW just opened up the door, so telling everybody, yeah, you can start a promotion too. Great! No, the high tide rises all the ships. Back in back in 1999, there were 11 million people watching wrestling every Monday night. 11 million yeah. people. 
Like, we haven't touched that in 20 years. Like, let's get another boom period going. Let's get everyone paid. Let's get but more wrestling means more jobs, means more good wrestling. Like, if, you know, sometimes people say, oh, NXT was as good as last week. It's great. It's always great. Like, having that quality of wrestling against AEW, to have four hours of quality wrestling on a Wednesday night. How much quality wrestling was on Wednesday nights five years ago? Zero hours. Zero. Now there's four every single Wednesday. You can rely that every either show is going to be at least good. Like that's great. It's a like it's 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 a golden era for independent and by by you know by and large all of pro wrestling. Like let's ride the wave, baby. Competition yeah. breeds a better product. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. The high tide rises all the ships. Let's go. I saw that you were a producer for a documentary called Marking Out in 2016. Oh, yeah. How did that go? That was great. I believe it's on Amazon Prime, as a matter of fact. These gentlemen from Ohio kind of went around and kind of talked about their pilgrimage as wrestling fans, and some of them are now involved with wrestling, and they drove around to indie shows, interviewed people, and I did, some, did a little work and helped them out with it. It's, it's a great time. I recommend it. They're working, on, they're working on a sequel. I can't wait to see it. Oh, gosh. That would be awesome to see. I'll check it out on Amazon Prime very soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I don't know if it's uh, you'll find it somehow on the internet. It's great. If you if you can go back in time, would you do it all over again? Oh yeah, one hundred percent, totally. Yeah, I talked to over and over and over. I talked to one guy at um, Icons of Wrestling in Philly recently, and the wrestler I forget his name, but he's like, "No, I won't do it again," because he's oh. in so much pain. So I it's I thought for me, I guess. Yeah. So, I'm a big movie buff, and I like reading and all that. So, what's your favorite movie, TV, or books that you inspired, like, yourself? The, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of uh, Wet Hot American Summer. It's a comedy movie from the early 2000s. I kind of think it, it shaped the way the comedy world went for the next 10 or 15 years, and it's a, it's a fantastic movie. I also really enjoy Wayne's World and anything Weird Al Yankovic's ever done. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know what um, summer, yeah. They did that um, Netflix series. It was just yeah. a little bit horrible. Great. I couldn't. I couldn't get into it. It was just too weird. <laughs> I got a question. With um, with Jericho, was the Virgil bit a one-time thing, or is Virgil just like a part of the group now? What's that? I'm sorry. Was like the was like the bit that Jericho had not too long ago with Virgil. Was that like a one-time thing, or is like? I don't know, you'll, like have, regular. you'll have to keep, guess you'll have to keep watching. <laughs> it's, it's Soul Train Jones. Soul Train right. Jones. I love that name. Who who, th- who thought of that? That's just. I think uh, that was his name back in the Indies before he became Virgil. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was like something, um, like a little um, stiff from St. Jones. Something having to do uh, with the meat pretty sauce. pretty sure that was his name back in the day. Oh, really? I love it. It's great. So yeah, I, Thanks so much for having me, guys. Oh, you're welcome, man. So, um, um, all right. So before we wrap things up, um, I do like to say one thing. Um, um, when you come on the Instagram, you become part of the family. So welcome to the family. Okay. Well, I feel welcome. And for anybody that wants to follow you on social media, do you have any? Uh, do you have any pages to share before we go? Sure. My my Twitter is at dubrisesright. D a b r y c e i s r i g h t. Uh, happy to chat wrestling and. Fun to you know. Be, I try not to spend too much of my time on Twitter because it can turn into a bit of a cesspool. Yes, uh, yes. But it's, it's fun to dip in and see what everyone's talking about every now and again, and uh, especially when I'm traveling. And my Instagram is at uh, the price is often right. 
I uh, post pictures of wrestling and weird things I see and my son mostly. And, uh, you know, it's great. It's great. <laughs> Follow along. Get on the ride. Let's do it. And I hope everyone will join us uh, this Wednesday. Well, Dynamite will be live from Dallas, Texas. Uh, I've uh, only been to Dallas once, to, you know, passing through for any wrestling. So I'm excited to spend some time there. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, gonna be a killer show. If you're back in Philadelphia, please um, say something. I'll come yeah. say hello. Yeah, hopefully AEW gets back to the Accord Center one of these days. I know this interview was on short notice and everything, but thank you for your time. It was a pleasure. Yeah, oh, it was awesome. Thank, really thanks for thinking it. of me. Thank, uh, good luck with everything, and I uh, hope all's well, guys. Have a great night. You, you too. too. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. So. All right, how are you? Yeah. All right, so once again, this is Fran and... JCL and I am DB Rich. Actually, no, we can't go yet because we have to do the schedule. Uh, the schedule, yeah, I got a schedule. So um, next week we're off. Next after that, it's um, Dave Reed. I think it's December twenty second, and then on December 29th, it's his boy Frankie Picard. <laughs> <laughs> Drink it in, um, man. Um, January second, we got Grizzly Redwood. He was in Shikar too. We can talk a lot of things about that. Um, and I'm still working on the schedule. I'll, I'll have everything done. And that's all I know right now on top of my head. Yep. And also, on another note, we are still going over our new format coming up for the new year with the Fantasy Wrestling League uh, Season 5 now, is it? Yeah. Or season 4? No, no, no. That doesn't start till um, yeah. April. Yeah, I know. So it's, so it's Season 5 with that. We're still working things out with that. We have the Basement Dropkick podcast. It's going to be strictly results, analysis, all that stuff. And then we have Dave's, which, name to be determined. See, I like... Um, no, and... no, 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 no. We're, we're not going to talk about Keep it. it a surprise. Yeah, because because I gave suggestions. You gave yours, but we'll, we'll come up with something with that. But Dave's going to be more of the variety show, the interviews, because that's your thing, man. Like, yeah. you know, I want you... I don't want to give you so much shit. And I'm thinking about bringing back the round table. Well, you don't have to bring it back because that could just be part of the episodes you do. Oh, yeah. But see, I'm that's gonna... why it's a variety show. I know. But... you can do all that. It's a cornucopia of stuff. So... And then... The cornucopia with no. Dave. No. <laughs> no, I, I'm thinking about, you know, like, and in this corner. <sighs> no. <laughs> you don't like it. I like it. What is it? And, and in, in this corner. And in this corner. That sounds more like a book. Because I'm in the corner, they're in the ring, and I'll do the interview. Good evening, guys. It's In the Corner with D.B. Richards. <laughs> uh, we're still... We're... We'll, we'll, we'll get all that. But Approaching we got some... the ring with D.B. Richards. Approaching the ring. I don't like yeah. that you didn't like the Rock and Wrestling podcast, man. But see, we're giving all these names out, and people are going to use them, and they're going to become Brazilianers. Oh, gosh. Just like, just like what, just like what happened, what happened with the Fed Owls, and where now we have all elite wrestling. Oh, elite! Oh, oh, elite! Oh, elite! (laughs) All right, we got some, we got some good stuff coming up, but we will uh, wrap things up for tonight. So this is Fran, JCL, this is DB Richards, and our guest tonight was Bryce Remsburg. It was awesome, and we will see you soon. Yeah, you know he's right.